0: Uh, my name is Caleb, and the lead pastor here. If we haven't met yet, and we're we're organizing our service a little bit differently today, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be an exciting few minutes together. Our, our 60 minutes are going to be broken down a little bit uh, uniquely uh, for a purpose. We've been in this series called "Oh, the Places We'll Go," right? And we've been talking about characters from the ancient scriptures whose lives are still relevant to us today, and we've been looking at their examples and how God has this way of taking paths that are turning and up and down and different than we expected, and to leading us to good places, that he specializes in bringing good out of bad, that he specializes in surprising us, that the twists and turns and the unexpected things of life actually can turn out to be good things and to be blessings, even our greatest disappointments. Uh, and in this journey, we have been pointing toward hope and, and connecting it to our own journeys and our own stories. So today, as we close out this series, I thought that it would be fun if we took you on a journey for the 60 minutes that we're together, like an actual journey in this room. But the journey is, is maybe different than you expected. We're not gonna leave the room. You don't have to panic. Uh, the, journey, the journey is gonna be inward and then upward, and then outward, okay? So this is, a, this is a journey for you individually and then in us collectively. It's a journey inward, a journey upward, and then a journey outward. And I already know that there's, in the, maybe all of us will be slightly uncomfortable with at least one of those things, right? Because if you're more the quiet, introverted, reflective type, you're gonna be all over this first 10-minute segment that I talk about, right? Uh, But you might struggle with one of the next two. The same if you're more like, ah, kind of all over the place, energetic person that just always is around people. Uh, The next few minutes might be a little bit difficult for you. But here's the thing. It's not that, no, I'm not that person, because you are. We are, are all created to be whole with respect to our inner selves, our upward worship of God, and our outward expression in relationships. And so we need to pay attention to all three of these, no matter where you lean in terms of preference or strengths. So we begin. Once upon a time, there was a man named Sam. Sam was a spiritual leader in his day, highly regarded, highly respected. And Sam had grown up believing that he had a unique calling from God. He grew up believing that he was special, that God had something for him, that he was set apart different, that that God had a unique plan for his life. When Sam's mom uh, was a little bit younger, she was desperately trying to get pregnant. She could not get pregnant. She battled infertility for years. And she was tortured by that reality, and she begged God, God, please, if you would just give me a child, I will dedicate him to your service. God ended up giving her a child. Sam was born and she raised him to be a certain age and then when it was time appropriate, she took this boy to the local religious leader's home. And she said, here, I'm dedicating him to you and this temple, this place of worship because God answered my prayer and I am following through. Here he is. And she whispered, this faithfulness of God to Sam as he grew up. Sam, he did not need to answer my prayer, but he chose to answer my prayer so that I, I know that I have to do this and dedicate you in this way. You're gonna grow up and you're gonna be a special ambassador of this God. So Sam grew up in that kind of a, with that kind of a anticipation. But he never actually heard from God. He was kind of going through the motions. He was learning the stuff. But it wasn't until he was maybe 10 or 12 or somewhere in that range where God spoke to him. I don't know if it was audibly, but it sounded audible to Sam because he was lying down, getting ready for bed, and he heard something. It was like, Sam. And so he jumps up and he went to his mentor who was in the other part of the house, you know, and he said, hey, mentor, I'm here reporting for duty. You called? And the dude's like, no, no. You're interrupting my Sudoku. Go back to bed, you know? And so Sam goes back. And he's like, that was weird. And so he lays down. And again, Sam. He's like, oh, he's playing a trick on me. Maybe this is like some Jedi training. And so he goes back and he, and he goes, with, mentor, I'm here. What do you need? mentor says, I did not call you, dude, and I'm in my PJs. These interruptions are getting annoying. Go back to bed. And so Sam goes back. He lays down. A third time it happens, and he comes, and this time his mentor kind of wises up, and he thinks, maybe, maybe, I'm not sure that I've had this experience, he's thinking, but maybe this is God getting his attention. I mean, well, we, let's not rule that out. And so he says, okay, Sam, uh, if, if you hear the voice again, just answer Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And we'll see what happens. And so Sam goes back to bed. Sure enough, Sam. And so Sam, this kid, is like, "Uh, Lord, um, if that's you, I'm listening. (laughs) You know, kind of nervous. God goes on to speak to him and imparts this information to him, this knowledge. And that was the beginning of this real kind of connection with God. And Sam had anticipated it, Sam had believed it, Sam had wanted it, and now it was real. The God of the universe communicating to me. And he grew up listening to God, speaking on behalf of God to people. Because in that time and in that place, God had chosen a people for himself, and then sometimes prophets, to speak to the people through. And Sam was one of those. The stakes keep getting higher for what God would ask Sam to do. And it got to the point where Sam was speaking to kings. This regular dude who'd grown up in the little side house of the temple. And now he's speaking to the king and he's speaking on behalf of God saying, this person should be king, says the Lord. Imagine if someone, some oracle in our day today decided who would be our next president. It wouldn't go over very well. There would be some skepticism. In this day, People trusted that this person heard on behalf of God, and they followed his advice. So on this particular day, God speaks to Sam, and he says, go, and I'm going to tell you who's going to be the next king. So he goes to this house, and there's like all these strapping young men, and he thinks to himself, surely this guy is the king. He's a beast of a man. He's got rippling you know, muscles coming out of everywhere. He's articulate. He's wise beyond his years. He has a good reputation in the community, and he's the oldest of all these boys, certainly, God. It must be this kid. But here's what God says to him. The Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his outward appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Samuel ended up telling this family that the actual king would be the boy who wasn't even at the party. He was such an afterthought, he was such an unimpressive runt of a kid that he was off just with the sheep and they had to call for him and wait for hours and hours until he showed up. And he says, this is the guy. You're all surprised, but this is the guy. Because God isn't just evaluating by externals. He looks at the inner person. And this is the one he has chosen. How long has it been since you have examined your inner person? How long has it been since you have paused, been quiet, reflected, and actually looked at your heart? uncomfortable. I know for some of you, even now, in kind of more quiet, reflective moments, you want to grab that phone and, you know, find some Instagram photos. And it's just, we like to distract ourselves from being introspective, from really paying attention to what's real and what's going on inside. There's a verse, when when Jesus showed up in skin, he, he came to a place where God had chosen a people and God had spoken through prophets but now his plan was different his plan had always been and now he's informing it and letting us know that he wanted everyone to be his people and he wanted to speak to everyone that every human being created by God could wake up and feel like i i'm special that God maybe would speak to me that God has a unique plan for me and so Jesus is walking and one of the challenges that he gave to the religious leaders of his day is they were still worried too much about the outward appearance but God looks at the heart and he speaks harshly to these religious leaders and he says this how terrible for you you teachers of the law and pharisees you religious leaders you're hypocrites You wash the outside of your cups and dishes, but inside they are full of things you got by cheating others and by pleasing only yourself. You polish the veneer, the outside appearance, but on the inside you're wasting away. It's it's gross. It's self-serving. You're cheating other people. Jesus was always talking about how he had come to give everybody access to God. This was the good news. And he challenges these religious people. You're making it just about pretense and the, the external look of things. And I'm looking inwardly. So I want to give you a few moments this morning to look inwardly. A few moments where it's a little bit more quiet, a little bit more still. And you can look inwardly. Where it's not maybe as pretty as what's on the outside, maybe not as put together, but you can be honest about that and begin to let God address whatever he wants to address. Begin to believe, maybe for the first time, that God might actually speak to you. There's a verse in the Psalms that says, Be still and know that I am God. So be still. Be still settle. Notice if that makes you uncomfortable. If you want to distract yourself, realize that. Pay attention to the discomfort or to the peace that you sense. Be still. And know that I am God. There's an awareness that the God of the universe actually cares enough to ask you to be still and stop distracting yourself and stop pretending that he actually cares enough about you to get your attention, to breathe hope into you, belief that there is a bigger story, that things maybe are not what they seem, that you cannot just trust what you see on the outside, but there's a work that he's doing and wants to do in you that will play out. It plays its way out from inside. But he says, be still. Start there. Know that I am God. You are not You are not in control of everything, but you can trust me. Look at this last verse from 2 Corinthians. It says, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Outwardly, it can be kind of depressing, can't it? That our bodies are dying, that we're getting older, that things are sagging and not looking as good, and that's just part of life. Hopefully you know by now that there's no Botox for your soul. You can't, you can't get renewal inwardly from any ointment or beauty routines. It comes by being still. It comes by really connecting with your source of life, the God who designed you, the God who gives you breath, the God who keeps you alive in this moment, the God who has more for you. That's how you're renewed. And even though outwardly our bodies are dying, you don't have to worry about the veneer and and looking the part or criticizing others who aren't looking the part. You do you and focus on what's in here because that's where he wants to renew you make you new, some of you for the very first time. You've never tapped in to the life source who who breathed breath into your lungs, who designed you and has a plan for you. It starts in just simple moments like this where you're still and you're aware and you invite God to be God for you. That is how we're renewed day by day, moment by moment. So we start this morning looking inwardly and allowing God maybe to speak to us. God, we invite you to speak. We trust that you're here. We're open, we're open to hear from you maybe even to do something about it because we want to believe that you have good for us there's more
1: for us in this life all right we guys can be seated it's a little strange coming out from behind the guitar and behind all my comforts creature comforts there yeah Well, I'm excited to get a little extra time this morning to spend to talk to you guys about the thing that draws us upward, the thing that connects us with our Heavenly Father, the God of all creation, and that's worship. It's what we do here. It's so much of who we are as a core, as as a person, and as a church. It's so great as the worship pastor here to get to see people taking steps each week more and more to connect with their Heavenly Father, and it's just wonderful. At, at, uh, At Mariners, we want our worship To really reflect what we see in the Bible, we want it to be expectant, which means that we just come here ready to worship. We prepare ourselves beforehand, knowing that God is here with us and that he is moving and that when we show up, something great is going to happen. We want it to be sacrificial. Because God gave so much for us, and when we come here to worship, to, to lift our hands, to get out of our comfort zone, take sacrifice. Sometimes we have to lay down our pride. We have to lay down things that we carry that we shouldn't be carrying on our own, and we lay them down so that God can come and to do that with us. And, so, and we want it to be responsive, right? We want our response to him and his response to us to be a flowing conversation that leads us to more and more. And so that's what I love about our church is that you guys are already there. You guys are known as a church who worships, but I believe with all my heart that God wants more for us in this situation. And I know that you're saying, come on, Jairus, this is like so easy for you. You guys are up there. This is what you've done since you were like, like this high. You guys have been walking around with your hands up when you came out of the womb. And it's like, that's not at all true. You know, I, you know if, if I can do it, then anyone can do it because I grew up in a Baptist church in the deep south with a, with a hymnal in my hands, with listening to choirs, listening to uh, southern gospel-like groups that came through, all things that were really hard for a young kid to understand, words that I didn't connect with in a, in a real way, and it wasn't until I was probably 16 years old, and I went to a different church with some friends to a youth group, and there were two guys standing up in front of this youth group playing guitar, singing songs that were easy for me to understand, things that I found myself not only on Sunday singing, but I would find myself like kind of connecting with them during the week, whether it was through the, uh, through the low times or the high times. I was remembering those things, and God started developing something in me, and that was when it kind of clicked, is that, that we are made to respond. And this is what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to connect other people the way that God had connected to me. And so... Um, even though I grew up in the church and I know that singing is kind of like a normal thing, I know that it's not normal for everyone. I mean, you guys don't show up and you're going to go to your sales meeting in the morning and you're not going to have your your manager kind of gather you together and say, hey guys, I thought we'd sing a couple songs of sales and marketing together today. You know, even though I believe that it might boost your sales by 10%, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. But Singing is powerful. There's something about it. The way that we respond to God and hear catapults us into what we're supposed to do all week long, right? Which is connect with God, the Father. And so, even though this time with together is not all there is, it really is a monumental thing. Over 400 times in the Bible, God talks about people singing 50 different times he commands us to sing. The Jewish people in the Bible, they responded to God in singing to celebrate. They responded to God to mourn. They responded to him to remember and to ask him for things that were coming because they were afraid. They took everything they had to him. Jesus sang in the upper room with his disciples in Matthew. And in Zephaniah, God even sings over us, which is the most wild of pictures to see that um, in Zephaniah 3.17. Let's throw that up on the screen. It says this. It says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love, and he will exalt over you with loud singing. There are moms and dads at our earliest memories. They sang to us to calm our spirits. They sang to us to get us to go to sleep. My mom and dad sang that I was their sunshine, their only sunshine. I made them happy when skies were gray, right? Um, I keep reminding them of that. We sing, we sing when we're in love. We sing, I heard that you guys even sing when people break up with you. I don't know exactly what that's like, but singing does something it connects both sides of our brains together, the melodies that are wrapped within words that are kind of infused with these rhythms they penetrate our bodies and make them move. It, it connects with our hearts, it connects with our souls, and it is powerful and so I love the writers of these songs they they seem to put into words the things that we sometimes feel, but we don 't have the words ourselves to speak right They put the words to the feelings we have that we can 't speak because sometimes Life can just leave you speechless. This past week, I had such a situation where a a good friend of mine and his wife had just hit this huge crossroads, and their whole marriage has just exploded. And I've watched the turmoil and the chaos that kind of followed it, and it just broke my heart. It broke my heart for them and everybody around them, and I sat, you know, weeping for them and with them, and there was no words inside me that could come out. It was just the groans of my heart. And in that moment, in this quietness, I hear God whisper the words of love came down. It's that love, you know, when my heart is overwhelmed and I cannot find my way, I hold on to that, what is is true, because I cannot see. That the storms of life, they come, and the road ahead gets steep. I will lift my hands in praise. I will believe. And something in that moment changed and love actually came down and rescued me. We respond to God. Through our joys, through our sorrows, through our pain, because of his infinite goodness. We respond out of every spectrum of our emotion because God created them all. So why would he not want us to come to him in every situation? That's why I believe that you see so many people in here, their hands are raised. It's not to draw attention to themselves when they sing, but it's because the vocal cords can't hold all the energy and the love and the passion that they have for God. So it has to come out somewhere else and they reach for God and, and who we are is to respond with all that we are. Could you imagine if Caleb, you know, 14 weeks from now, Caleb is at the USC game and they're playing UCLA, right? And he's sitting in the stands, and Kessler throws a bubble screen out to Juju Smith, and he races down the the, uh, the sidelines, 67 yards for the game winning touchdown. Do you think he would be like, "Go Trojans"? Heck no! That guy is going to be Gojira, like, and, and all of that he is is reaching for it because it could the energy could not contain, and we have a God that created all this energy, and so when we sing and we worship here, we give it back in the same ways. And I know, I know that it's like it's daunting, right? And it's like you know, even sometimes when I go other places to worship, you know, I want to sit and just kind of take it in because it's beautiful, and there are moments of beauty where we absorb what God's doing. But I know that every time I go somewhere else, regardless of how I feel, I try at some point to stretch myself beyond what is in here to what I know is true there, which is that God is constant, right? And so when we do that, we're not asking you to go from one to a hundred today. We're not, you know, we are just asking for what we would ask in anybody's walk is that we take small, constant, sacrificial steps each one a little further than before. Each one may be longer, you know, this one may be a long step and then this one may be a short one. And that's all right. But God is just asking and so we respond to him in that way. And that leads us to a lifestyle of response because here's what I believe. Because we are made to worship and we are made to respond to him, that when we respond and hear, and we start to learn the movement of the Holy Spirit, we start to listen to his voice and to hear him here. It does something in our daily lives so that we start to hear him there more. So when you pray, when you ask God for things, something different happens. And so then that propels you that your ears and your eyes become to become his ears and eyes. And you can see the people that are in need and reach out to them in new and unexpected ways. And that just comes right back full circle to fuel us here as a group, as worshipers of a mighty God. So what we do may not be the end all, but just the beginning, just like our understanding of who God is is just a scratch in the surface of such a huge and infinite, beautiful God. I love this verse in Psalms 8 when it says, when I look at the night sky and I see the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars that you set into place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? Our God wants a relationship with us, the one that hung the moon. In this last verse, in Psalm 29, verse 2, it says, Honor the Lord for the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. So this morning, what else would we do but to take a moment to reflect on the greatness and the bigness of God? So we stand together. Take a moment as we get ready to pause and to reflect your heart on God. And then we'll worship.
2: As Jairus said, this is so fun to get to talk about what I love doing, and that's going outward. So because we are renewed, we respond and worship, like Jairus talked about. And just as worship is a response to God at work in our lives, so it is with serving. We respond to God sending his son on our behalf by serving, by actively being the hands and feet of Jesus, We see this this in Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. How great is that? That before we were born, God made preparations for us to live a significant life. That he has already given us the tools that we need to be able to do something of eternal significance. That because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, making a way for us to be renewed and flourish into who he intended us to be, we serve and we actively love and and live with the people around us. We can't help but do these good things that he planned for us. It's a natural response to the outpouring of God's love in our own lives. And this work is not of our own strength or our personal well-being, but rather work that God has already begun in this world and has always intended for us to be a part of. Our story is part of the bigger story that God is already writing in our city, and in the world. We are not only called to draw people to Jesus and to tell the story of the gospel with our lives, but we were made to do this. You were made to serve. Now think about your neighborhood, our city of Huntington Beach, Orange County. Think about our state of California, our country. Think about our world we all know that the need is out there, right? We see brokenness everywhere we go. But will we do something about it? Lucky for us, we're not left to figure out what this looks like on our own. We can look to Jesus as our ultimate example of how to make a difference in this world. Jesus came as a human to live amongst and to serve other ordinary people. The Bible tells us that he came to serve not to be served. And all of this we know through Jesus' life was done with love. And it's our love for one another that will show the world who Jesus is. What a privilege that God chooses us as broken human beings to be a living expression of his love here on earth. Now, I believe that doing good also looks like being with being in relationship with those that are different than us by the world's standards, or being in relationship with anyone who feels marginalized or someone who feels like an outsider. Now, let me just say, it's not a coincidence that the date night that was most highly attended here at Mariners was when your kids were serving, most recently building backpacks for other kids in need in our community. You guys love to serve, your kids love to serve, and you love being together as a church family. We never have trouble filling vans to go down to Mexico. We never have a shortage of Christmas gifts for kids in need. But this morning, I want to ask you, what would it look like for you? Where is God inviting you to go next? When's the next Saturday that you will show up in Oakview to do a community cleanup alongside those residents? Is God asking you to be in Pacific Court on a weekly basis to invest in the lives of kids there? When's the next Saturday that you will get in a van and go and share the love of Jesus in Mexico? Will you step into a relationship with those that are different different than you? Maybe it's the homeless person longing for an authentic conversation. Maybe it's the single mom. The family in Oakview that just wants to be known. Or maybe it's the person that's going through a divorce. Or maybe it's a dream or passion that God has put on your heart. Something I haven't mentioned yet. Will you take that leap of faith and go there? The beautiful thing is, serving is a part of who we are. It's not just something we do. And every single one of you is already qualified. (laughs) Nobody is exempt from being able to serve. No one gets a free pass on serving because we all are qualified because we all were created as God's masterpiece. Remember, you were made to serve. Now, I personally experienced the true beauty that comes from serving and building relationships with those in our community recently. Six months ago, I walked into the Oakview Family Resource Center thinking that I was going to a planning meeting, when in reality, they were throwing me a surprise bridal shower. I sat at that table and I looked at the faces of women from different cultures, of different ages, different income levels, women that work at organizations that we partner with, ladies that live in the Oakview neighborhood, high school girls that volunteer in Oakview, all there with one purpose, to love and bless me. I was so humbled and it was in that moment that I saw cultural lines blurred and experienced the kingdom of God at its finest living in relationship, and enjoying one another. Because loving and serving is being with. And it's being able to participate in both giving and receiving. So you guys, I want that same experience for each of you. So this morning, will you stand with me? Now I want you to hold out your hands. Look at your hands. Look at your feet. These are the hands and feet of Jesus. So let's go use them and make a difference in our community.
0: The places that we'll go, right? Inwardly, allowing God to renew us day by day, upwardly responding to his generous grace and love. Maybe some of you, for the first time, that idea clicking, that you are loved by your God, and that realization will just be an outpouring for you. And then going out, reaching, engaging, caring, building relationships with people that are vulnerable, that are different than you, that feel like outsiders that have been rejected or are going through hard times, and just putting yourself out there, not with all the answers or solutions, but being the hands and the feet of Jesus showing up. That's who we are, and that's who you are. That's who you were designed to be. That's how you will be whole as you engage in those ways. And that is our prayer for you on our little journey this morning. Our prayer is that you would be renewed inwardly, that you would respond upwardly, and that you would reach outwardly in Jesus' name.